0: Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Matthew chapter 25, and I'll begin reading with verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom and five of them were wise and five were foolish they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps while the bridegroom carried They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered and said not so lest there be not enough for us and you but go rather to them that sell and get it for yourselves. Say that get it for yourself. Say it again. And while they went to buy the bridegroom came and they that were ready And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour Wherein the Son of Man cometh. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, The Necessity of Oil. Say that to a few folks around you. The Necessity of Oil. Last week I preached on the necessity of need. Today, the necessity of oil. Last things, last things. Last things in Scripture is often referred to as eschatology. Eschatology is the doctrine of last things. It inquires into the final completion or the consummation of God's redemptive plan for all his creation. This parable is in relation to eschatology. It embraces human hope for the future and describes to us what we all must have in the season we refer to as the end time. This parable does not say like all the other parables he talked about, the kingdom of heaven is like. It does not say that. Instead, he uses this futuristic terminology and it says the kingdom of heaven shall be like. It does not say the kingdom of heaven is like. It says the kingdom of heaven will be like this I find it very interesting that jesus in reference to the end time begins to dialogue about the establishment of the kingdom in the future when things begin to close The kingdom will be emphasized. There's a strong prophetic insinuation in Matthew 25. And it surrounds a number. The number is 10. 10. You've heard me say many times and I'll say it once again for the sake of of continuity and clarity, that if Numbers was not important to God, then why would he put a book in the Bible called Numbers? There's not 12 virgins. There's not eight virgins. There's 10 virgins. Why ten? Ten is a number of order. Specifically the completeness of order. It marks the entire round of anything. It's the whole cycle is now complete. So when you get to ten, you are back at one. To come... Full circle. Ten virgins to come full circle. Ten times in the beginning in Genesis chapter one, God said, let there be. How many times? Ten times. There are ten generations from Adam to Noah. There are ten generations from Noah to Abraham. There are ten years in Canaan that Abraham substituted and settled for Hagar. In Genesis 18, Abraham intercedes and he asks God if there is 10. And God said, if I can find 10, I won't destroy it. 10 times in scripture, fire came down out of heaven. Jesus said two words 10 times. I am. Hmm. The 10th in scripture, always represents the tithe. The tenth is sanctified to God. He heals, Jesus heals ten lepers. And one tenth came back to say thank you. I believe that denotes this idea. That when you tithe, you're simply saying thank you. Hmm. I have found it to be true that tithing people are a grateful people. Tithing people are just full of gratitude. I'm honored that I could give you 10%. And I want to thank you that you gave me 100%. And you only asked for 10%. Because you could have gave me 10% and required 90%, but you are a God of the 10th. And we could go on and on throughout scripture about how important 10, the 10th, is to God. But for the sake of time, let's look at the parable. There's this procession that happens in Matthew chapter 25. I'm praying for a divine awakening in this room. Can I pray for you right now? Would you lift your hands? Lord, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened because you know I did not bring milk in this room today. God, you know that. So now, Lord, these people are going to have to open their eyes. The eyes of their understanding be enlightened. I pray the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Lord, let them hear, not just listen. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying because this message is critical. This is one of those prophetic messages that will posture us for our future in a very exciting and enthusiastic way. Touch them today. Say it with me. Open our hearts, God. In Jesus' name. So the procession is on this wise. There's this bridegroom. The bridegroom, according to Matthew 25, is getting ready for a wedding. We saw that, right? The bridegroom always has what he refers to as a friend. The friend, in essence, is the best man. He has a court of friends, but then he has the friend. It's like the groomsman and the best man. The best man would go in front of the groom to prepare the way for the groom the best man the best friend goes in front of the groom to prepare his way John the Baptist said there's one coming after me the friends Jesus said I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And these friends would take their lamps and walk the groom to the bride's house. I want you to get the picture now. It's dark outside. And the best man, the best friend would light his lamp along with all the other friends. And they would walk the groom to the the bride's house. On the way to the bride's house, they are now assist, assisting, not just accompanying, they are assisting the groom to get to the bride's house. In the house, there is the bride. The bride also has her friends, but her friends are not called friends. Her friends are called her company or her congregation the bride has her congregation they would leave her house with their lamps and stand just outside the door and wait for the groom to appear with his friends when the bride and her congregation saw the lamps coming toward the house The cry would go out. The bridegroom is coming. And the congregation would get excited. Both of the processions would meet at the bride's house. And the bride and the groom would be escorted back to the groom's house. And when they went in, the porter would lock the door on the bride and the groom. That's this parable. But in this parable, there has to be a certain preparation that happens. At the center of this parable, there rests this fact. At the center of this parable, there rests a certain fact. There are those that are ready And there are those that are not ready. There are those that are ready. There are those that are not ready. I'll say it one more time. In this preparation, there are those that are ready. And then there are those that are not ready. Another essential thing we must take note of is that the timing is not the decision of the bride. The timing is not the decision of her congregation. The decision on the time of the arrival is left in the hands of the groom the responsibility of preparation rests on the congregation of the bride. The bride and her congregation was responsible to be ready. They didn't know the time because the time was not their decision. Their responsibility was not the time talk about it. Their responsibility was the preparation. I'll say it another way. They had to be ready at all times because at any time he could show up and when he showed up, he showed up expecting that they would be to receive him there was no warning there was no sending somebody to tell him I'm about to be there no you don't need that when you're ready you don't need somebody to tell you to get ready if you already are ready and the church has been trying to get ready for a long time getting ready is over it's time to be ready I need you to tell three people, be ready. That's one. Tell another one. Be, tell one more. Be, stop getting ready. (coughs) Be ready. The similarities of these wise and foolish virgins, very interesting. I'm going to preach this like you like it, if you like it or not. Because I know God spoke to me and told me to bring this to you. So if there's 10 that get it, I did my job. Hmm. The similarities are interesting because number one, all 10 were in the house. The wise and the foolish, both were in the house. They were both in the right place. They both had lamps. They both were on fire. But both of them slumbered. Both of them slept. Both of them heard the cry. Both of them rose up. Both of them trimmed their lamps. But one of them had oil. And one of them did not. Can we get more particular? I think we shall. The wise, here's the description, the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. That's the description of the parties. The wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Five wise virgins, five foolish virgins. Five wise virgins, five foolish virgins. Huh, that tells me for every wise virgin there's a foolish virgin. So when they asked for oil, you had one asking another. Be careful. I'm going to leave it there. Let's break this down. The wise virgins. The word wise there, oh you should study it in the Greek. It means to be enclosed. It goes on to mean they were thoughtful. They were discreet. It implies the idea that they carried a cautious character about themselves through the idea of reigning in or curbing their appetites. It's called self control virgins. They have boundaries. They have lines. There are certain things they just won't partake in. Yeah, called names, made fun of, but I'm not crossing that line. Yeah, look at strange and ask crazy questions, but that's a line that I'm not gonna cross. I'm not stepping over that boundary because my boundaries represent my protection. I think I'm preaching too loud. I see a lot of folks walking out with their babies, but I'm going to go ahead and leave the volume up because I can feel this thing. And just hold the baby's ears, so do what you need to do, But I got to preach this thing here. Their boundaries were their protection. They were enclosed, wise to be enclosed. Foolish means to be closed in. World of difference. Impious, to be shut up. Oh, do the study. These foolish virgins were not open to change. They were trapped by tradition. Unwilling to adjust. Always resisting change. Impious, to be numb. They had become numb. They had become numb. When you are numb, you can't feel anything i say it again. When you numb, you can't feel nothing. Huh. Given to unintelligent decisions marked by unreasonable thinking. A dazed state of mind. Never current. Never focused. Never right there. Never on time. It literally means lacking the power to absorb impressions. I'm going to say it again. Lacking the power to absorb impressions. It's like nothing impresses you anymore. Nothing amazes you anymore. This is called the fatality of familiarity. You come to church predicting how church is going to go. You're in the congregation, but you're numb to the presence of God. You wouldn't know if God was there because you can't feel him because you are desensitized to his very presence. You know you're in the house and you feel secure about it but you can't feel nothing. Hmm. The inability, it literally means foolish, the inability to receive. See when your heart is hardened you can't absorb oil. When your heart is hardened, you can't absorb oil. When you are too rigid, you cannot receive oil. Mm -mm -mm. You're in the house. You're in the right place. You got your lamp. Sometimes you can even carry fire. But there's a lack in your life. And that lack has now allowed you to become stiff and rigid. And this is the way I think church should go. And if the Holy Ghost shows up and the anointing starts moving and the oil is poured out, I'm just going to remain exactly like I am. Hmm. Can we go just a little deeper? Verse 5 says, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. How do you handle the timing of the groom? Slumbered and slept? They nodded. It literally means they were dropping their heads. Not just sleep, but fall into a deep sleep. The angel told the church in the book of Revelation, while you were sleeping, you began to lose the things most valuable to you. Keith Green wrote a song one time called, The world is asleep in the dark, but the church is asleep in the light. We're all here, but how many are sleeping and slumbering? Let's talk about those lamps. These are not jars. These aren't jars. These lamps are acacia sticks. And at the tip of those acacia sticks, there were rags. Those rags were referred to as the lamps. Where did those rags come from? The piles of material that were rejected that are referred to as the remnant. Yeah, that's, that's the lamps. The lamps are not a jar with a light in it no it's an acacia stick acacia wood is what all the furnishings of the tabernacle are built out of take one of those and get some remnants and tie to the end of it and we're going to call that the lamp verse 7 says then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps doesn't mean they cut the material It literally means they put the material in order and arranged it in such a way that it would provide light. (laughs) They would carry it off by way of deliverance. In other words, when they delivered it from the pile of the remnant, they felt like they were removing it from the place of refuge and rejection to a place of prominence and purpose. Wow. Wow pieces of leftover cloth that were found and delivered from the pile. I don't know about you, but I feel like I am happy to be part of the, the pile. I, God pulled me out of the pile. He pulled me out of the rejected place. I, I wasn't raised in church. Yeah, I, I never went to church till I was 15 years old. I never went to Sunday school. I didn't know, but but at 15, I found out there's a difference in darkness and light. And I'm grateful every day that he snatched me out of darkness into his marvelous light that I should declare his praises. I'll move on because we have a long way to go. Are you learning anything? The foolish said to the wise, verse 8, give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out. Give us some of your oil because our lamps are gone out. Interesting to note, this is the first conversation between the foolish and the wise. Up until this point, they have not even talked. But they started talking when they realized five of us have oil and five of us do not. Their lamps is now flickering, sputtering, about to go out and they realize we are in trouble. Can I get some of your anointing? I mean oil, I mean... Anoint. Can I get some of your? Oil? Can I get some of your anointing? Can I get some of your oil? I'm in trouble because mine is about to go out. And every time a lamp in Scripture starts to go out, a prophet rises up. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple, and God called unto Samuel. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel arose and went unto Eli. Every time one lamp goes out, another prophet gets up. And we're in the season of flickering lamps, sputtering light, and the voice of God walking through the house of God, calling your name with a double annunciation: Lance, Lance, Woo, Paul, Paul, Everett, Everett. The urgency. Should be among all of us that things are going down, things are going out, but somebody is about to come up, somebody is about to step into their call. The wise answered and said, Not so, not so. There's a great distinction here. Wise said to the foolish, No, nah, uh uh, that ain't happening. Go get it for yourself. When I saw that, I thought there are some things you don't share. Am I right about it in life? There are some things you but not share. Am I right about it in life? There are some things you don't share. But then there are some things you can't afford to share. You can't share. I would like to be able to share with you, but I can't. That's what they're saying. Why? Because this oil cost me way too much. It's too valuable. Five had it, five ran out. Five wise, five foolish. There's a warning in scripture about that. Ecclesiastes 9.8, let your garments always be white and let your head lack no anointing. How do you describe, I I fear for the church today and I'm mad at preachers today. I'm mad at y'all for making this too simple for people. Yes, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at you. That you just want to tell people all the time that they're in their best life now. What, what, do, what do you mean you're in your best life now? What does that even mean? What does that mean? Well, what, what happened to the doctrines of Scripture? Why ain't anybody preaching on the power of the Holy Ghost? Well, no, no, I got a better one for you. Why don't preachers preach from the book of Acts? No one preaches out of the book of Acts. We skip that because there's too much demonstrative stuff happening in there. People are dropping dead for lying about money in the book of Acts. Yeah. Guys are getting up in the shadow of apostles that are crippled. Apostles are looking at guys that are crippled and saying, I don't have money, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk, and they jump up and start running and walking and giving glory to God. See, that's the book of Acts. The book of Acts, they're shipwrecks, and people survive on pieces of the ship. In the book of Acts, that's where snakes bite apostles, and they shake them off and throw them back in the fire, and they don't swell up but nobody preaches on all of that demonstrative stuff. We want to be cute with you. When is the last time you heard a message on the anointing? That's just basic doctrine. The anointing. It's quiet because that's a Chinese word to about 80% of you. I might as well be speaking Chinese to you when I say anoint. You're like, oh, I've never heard that word in church. And the Bible says "Let your garments always be white. That means live right. And let your head, five of your six senses is in your head. Your life makes sense when your head is anointed. David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You put me at a table with enemies there. Then you anointed me so they'll all look at me. And then you bless me till my cup overflowed right in their face. I'll, I'll leave it alone. Let your head like no ointment, no oil. It means always shine. Be free from disguise. Have the power to transmit light. The anointing knows how to handle light, the anointing knows how to handle illumination. The anointing gives illumination, the anointing gives light. Anointed to shine light. Anointing, operating in revelation and illumination. Whew. Anointed people operate in illumination and revelation. I'm telling you now, when you're anointed, you'll walk into an office and know if there's a devil in there. When you got the anointing, you walk in divine revelation. When you got the anointing, when you anointed, you got oil in your life, you walk up on your job and say, somebody has done something here. Something ain't right here. You walk in your house and you feel tension in your anointing you're like, oh something's going on." You go in your teenager's room and there's all kind of demonic stuff happening in there as far as music and other things. and you know because God anointed you with revelation. you can see things. See, when you're anointed, you discern man. five have oil five do not five are wise five are foolish can I tell you it's foolish of you to think you could sit in church and not feel God I'm going to take it another step the anointing for you to feel God is no one's responsibility but yours it ain't the praise team it ain't the preaching it's you the anointing to not be numb is on you. The anointing oil that they are referring to, five had oil, five did not. And that's a polarization in this building. Let me say it like this. It's always filled with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Psalm 92 verse 10 says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. What is he saying? Every day that I wake up, the anointing is fresh for me. Every day that my feet hit the ground, there is an anointing that's fresh for me that day. I was thinking about this in regards to electric cars. You know, this whole green energy, everything getting plugged in, and whatever with it. But and then my mind went to what has Oklahoma always been known for? Oil. Why do you think the enemy fights the anointing in this region? Because if it ever, if the people of God ever frack down into it, If we ever dig down into the anointing, you will have services where preachers can't preach. You will have services where people walk in and during singing, folks start getting delivered from devils and addictions and curses will be broken. But the question is, do you want the oil or not? Because the oil will make you shine. The oil will make you distinct. The oil will make you different. David said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. It literally means green oil or the beaten oil of the sanctuary. What does that mean? They would take the olives and they would put them in a little cloth basket and hang it from the olive tree. Then they would take a stick and they would beat those olives till those olives turned into a pulpy mass and then after it just became pulp oil would start dripping out of the bottom of that basket see some of you do not know that the beating you've been taking is only releasing from you an anointing you never enjoyed before so let them go ahead and swing let them go ahead and batter you because the more life batters you the more oil you gonna release the more anointing is coming out of your life somebody ought to shout hallelujah see fresh oil is undefiled it is unpolluted it has no additives when you get an anointed congregation a bride and her congregation when you get an anointed congregation a bride and her congregation that is operating in the anointing You don't need any additives. Man, man, man. I'm going to let that sit there on you for a minute. See, there is an anointing that gets on the bride and her congregation that needs no addendums. It needs no additives. It is undefiled. It is unpolluted. Man's hands are not on it. It's not manipulating from a pulpit. It's not fabricating from a platform. It's just a raw, real move of God that you have to say only God can do this if you want to be a part of that kind of congregation, I dare you to give God praise right now. Command the Israelites to bring fresh oil of pressed olives for the light of the lamps to keep burning. Exodus 27, 20. Fresh oil, why? Because it was so precious and pure, it burned with a unique light and a unique flame. Watch this. It produced no smoke. When you operated on the real anointing, you never sent him forth a smoke screen. You know it's fresh oil when there's no smoke screens. I'm amazed at this generation. You're so infatuated with caricatures and not character. You're so infatuated with million-dollar smiles and no content. You're so infatuated with lights and smoke and all of this stuff. Instead of having real power, God moves among the... Why? 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 What has happened to this generation? I can tell you, this kind of preaching hasn't been preached in decades. The virgin's lamps, here's, 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 the, here's the deal. I just, i leave it alone because I could preach on this all day. But these, but see, see, you know, these virgin's lamps, the key to these virgin's lamps was not that they just had enough oil, but they were wise enough to trim the charred edges off before they soaked it again. See, when you ain't got no oil, you always live in a burned life. When you ain't operating in the anointing and the oil of the Holy Ghost, you're always talking about being burned. You're always walking around with charred edges, mad at everybody. But wise virgins trim the burned areas off and then they soak the lamp again, sometimes 15 to 30 minutes. Just let it soak. When is the last time you soaked in the Holy Ghost? We used to call that tarrying. We used to tell our church, we're going to tarry. We're going to tarry tonight. The church used to know what that meant. If anybody in here ever heard that terminology, would you wave at me? We're going to tarry. What's that mean? We're going to pray until the Holy Ghost shows up. We're going to seek God until the Holy Ghost comes in the room. We ain't leaving until the power hits the house. Y'all remember that? But there ain't no more soaking in the Holy Ghost no more. We want in and out, just like that burger place. In and out. In and out burgers. In and out church. In and out. How dare the Holy Ghost show up? Don't you interrupt my 59 minutes. Woo. I'm skipping a bunch of it. Because you ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. but I, It's all right, because I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. You say, Pastor we are getting it. We're thinking about it. No, you're not. You're trying to figure your way out of it. You ain't trying to figure out how you can get in it. You're deliberating on how can I dodge this message. See, in order to keep the fire burning, you had to have not just your lamp burning, but your vessel full. It's not that you on fire on Sunday, but your vessel stayed so full of oil that you burn all week. Did they see you burning in the grocery store yesterday? Wow. I think I'm going to do a series on this. I think I I will because, Gino, if we really, I started to do this. I started to pull a shambach on y'all. Anybody know about Ba? Well, let me tell you, Ba didn't play with the oil. When Shambach came, he had buckets of oil. And he didn't take his finger with the little oil and then just anoint you. No, Shambach put his whole hand in the oil. And I almost just told the guys, just get me like ten buckets of oil. And you know what I was going to literally do? Just sling it everywhere. Just, just for the purpose of being demonstrative. I got convicted, I got real convicted because I thought this is just another institution forsaken by the body of Christ. The Bible says if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of church. They shall shall lay hands on them, anoint them with oil and they shall be healed and their sins shall be forgiven. And we can't even find oil. Most churches ain't even got oil in it. Just the other week, I asked somebody for some oil in here. And guys were looking, trying to find the oil. I believe we ought to just have oil everywhere. Everywhere. I I, I got to thinking, I got convicted this morning because my son has been sick. I didn't even anoint him with oil. I prayed for him, but I didn't anoint him with oil. Are y'all in the building? If you really got this message, you would be going in your son's bedroom getting his pillow and taking that oil and just wiping it across his pillow. You would be going up in his bedroom getting a hold of his uh, cell phone, putting some oil on. You say, Pastor Rick, are you serious? It's all in the Bible. We have discounted the anointing. That's why you have manufactured services. Because if we ever ask for the anointing, your agenda is gone. Because the anointing ain't trying to find a part of the service. The anointing is the takeover agent of God. The anointing takes over family, takes over churches. I was thinking, Gino, that you know, if if we were really serious about this, there wouldn't be a singer stepped on this platform till we smeared them with oil. For real. In other words, you could. That's Exodus chapter 30. That's Leviticus chapter 7. The first thing a priest had to do was be sprinkled with blood, the blood of the Lamb. That's another thing we don't preach no more. We don't preach about the blood no more. It's too gory. It's too gross. You don't want to talk about a savior hanging on a cross with blood coming out of his side and out of his head. You don't want to preach about the blood. It's the blood that will set you free. It's a... My God have mercy. Bring back the blood. We don't preach about the blood. We don't preach about the oil no more because that kind of stuff takes over. And God told Moses before Aaron offers one hint of incense. You sprinkle him with blood and then you smear oil on him. Then let him worship. What is that saying to you? You can't even worship right if you ain't anointed. The very first worshiper in scripture had to do it with oil on him. What if every Sunday we stood right here and these singers walked up here and said, come on by here, get this oil. And they up here with a shiny on their head. Their head just shining. Why? Because you got oil on you. But we want to be pretty. Stop, Pastor Rick. Stop there. And some of y'all, I'll just say this, I'll stop. Most people want the flask. Let me tell you something. Saul was anointed with a flask of oil. A flask is about that big flask but david is anointed with a horn of oil most people just want to touch they don't want that pour out david can't even be king without oil david cannot even have dominion until he's anointed And we want God to bless us. We want God to give us this power, this authority. But we don't want to be anointed. What if we got so real with it that we stood at the door of the sanctuary and said, hey, you know what? Before you come in, let's make sure everything's all right. Let me anoint you and get every devil up off your life and cast out every demon that followed you to the church. Because this anointing will break a curse off your life and set you free. Let's all stand. I I, I just want to go ahead and give God praise. I want to go ahead and give God praise for how he brought me up. I told you earlier, I wasn't raised in church. I, I, I never went to church till I was 15. I never, heard, you know, I heard the song, Jesus Love Me This I Know. The Bible tells me so. I heard that on the playground, not in the Sunday school room. But when I was 15 and I got saved, by 19, I got a man of God after me. And he's telling me, I'm going to anoint you with oil. Yeah, this actually happened. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. He said, I'm going to pour this oil on your head. And when this oil hits you, the spirit of God is going to come upon you. Your life is never going to be the same. That man lives in Tulsa today. Oh, my God. If I would have never received that anointing, I don't know where. I would have never understood my assignment without that anointing. Some of you are trying to find an assi- assignment, you've never been anointed. You want the will of God in your life, but you don't want the work of God on your life. So, see, the anointing don't, don't make you worship right, just worship right, but it also makes you work right. The anointing empowers you, enables you, and equips you to be successful for the kingdom. We'll say it again the anointing enables you, empowers you, and equips you to be successful for the kingdom. You can't use the anointing for your own gain. Whew. I think I'm going to stay on this for a while I think next week I'm going to get on David's anointings most people think he have three but he had four You know what God told me this morning? You know, I've been up since 1.30. I went to bed at 11. River was sick. I just went on and got up. I've been up since one thirty. I haven't slept. Toiling over this message. And I said, God, I'm going to preach that thing to my veins are popping out of my neck and I'm sweating and I'm going to run around that building and I'm going to preach that anointing. You know what God told me? Get out of my way. He told me, Elder Pat, as plain as I'm talking to you, stand back. Deliver the message and stand back. So that's why I'm being very tedious. I'm being very cautious because I keep asking God, every word coming out of my mouth, am I in your way? Am I saying too much? Am I saying too little? You told me to move out the way. I just say it like this. If you want the oil synonymous with the anointing, come on and get it. That's all I'm going to say. It's up here today. Fall on me. Let me show you how the anointing works, and then I'm going to move and let God do his thing. Terry, listen to this. I'm laying in bed, 2 o'clock in the morning, all right? This is when I was in my 40s. And I said, I was praying this prayer, Josh. Lord, help me. This is what I was praying. To guard the anointing on my life. Let me tell you about the anointing. It attracts the good, bad and ugly. It's attractive. And I say, "Lord, help me guard it. And would you let it guard me?" The Lord woke me up, sat up in my bed. I looked at my wife and I said, "Dustin is messing up right now." She said, what are you talking about? And I said, I just prayed for the anointing and God showed me exactly where my son is and he's messing up right now. Erica will remember. I got up. I started putting my clothes on. I went straight to my truck. I drove straight to a condo. On UTSA campus, I'd never been on that campus. I drove straight to an an apartment in a condominium, right to the door, and I looked to my right, and there was my car. And God said, he's in that apartment. Back then, we had them next tail phones. You remember when you hit it, beep, beep. And Josh and Dustin always had a next tail. If they wasn't right, I was going to get next to their tail. (laughs) When I was sitting in that truck, I hit it, I hit it, beep, beep. I waited for a reply. Then I heard, sir. I said, come out of apartment number, dun, 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 dun. I'm waiting outside the door for you. And I heard him say, we in trouble. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? I'm telling you, there's a walk in God that you will walk in an anointing that will tell you exactly what that baby is feeling. Exactly what she's going through. Exactly where she is. The anointing, the Bible says, will lead you and guide you. The anointing never pushes you. It never drives you. The anointing will lead you and guide you, watch, into truth. That's what the Bible says. The anointing leads you and guides you to the revelation of truth. Can you trust the anointing today? Would you lift your hands, please, and begin to pray?